I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hi, Lacey. Hello, Kippen. Here we are. This is going to be our last episode before the birth of our newest co-host. That is right. I am like 36 hours until uh, baby time and I can hardly wait. What blows my mind is since we started this podcast, we've, we would have, (laughs) we've produced four girl children. Did we start this before Scout was born? I believe so. Yes. I've had two kids since starting this podcast. That's, and see, I'm about to have my second, this, that is actually you put it like that quite crazy and two both all of our kids are like really close together like yes we basically the, have a baby I mean, like every six months <laughs> well no not that close but you know somebody I mean. listening in is like listen is this a podcast for me <laughs> but yes it is this to me is like a i hoped will be a do not miss episode because this book is a absolute cannot be missed book Yes, we're talking about Born a Crime um, memoir by Trevor Noah, who was the host of The Daily Show for a while. I think he has his own show now. And this book is not about his career. It is about his growing up in, in South Africa. And he was born under apartheid, and then it uh, was abolished, I don't know, when he was maybe, what, like four or five and then mm-hmm. kind of living through all of the fallout of that. Yeah. And I I feel like a lot of people, when they hear Trevor Noah, they know, like, information about him. I can honestly say I knew that he was a host for The Daily because you told me. And I did not know one more thing. But mm. it, I loved actually going in blind and, like, finding out his personality because, like, you find out, like, he's, like, like a, you know, comedian, um, and it's like he, of course, like interweaves that into the book. The whole, I want to, like, the story of his childhood was so fascinating and so enthralling. Mm-hmm. This is a five star book. This is just a five. I cannot get over how much I love this book. So I'm going to be honest with you. I never thought Trevor Noel was like insanely funny. Like, I thought he was funny enough and he's also extremely handsome so i'm like oh it's like a funny guy who's also really handsome so he like got ahead in life and now after reading this book i have a whole new perspective of who he is and how he kind of rose to fame and and i can't believe he did get ahead in life he like tells all these stories i'm like my gosh for real but when i think about the goat smiley (laughs) do you he is because I didn't No, he's talking he's talking about at one point he's he basically refers to like this area in like South Africa he's like 17 years old it's like a hood area like it's like just not known as like, like oh it's just yes kind yes, of yes, a, yes I know what you're talking like, about I, <laughs> and he's like oh we're trying to like live every day he's talking about he's he's literally hustling he doesn't have like a traditional job he's on the streets buying the cheapest thing he can and he says he's got him a smiley it is a boiled goat's head mm-hmm. i just was like a man that can eat a boiled oh he talks about the eye and this i just was so just 
Anyways, so the yeah. fact this man is as wealthy and as like well known as he is, I'm like, sir, you go. You you deserve it. It's seriously, it's wild. And I will say I felt like the book he's not a great writer, but he's a very effective writer. Like he it was fun to read a lot of the stories. It, there's some super serious stuff in this book, but it was very funny very um honest i think he's pretty self-deprecating um it was interesting the perspective he had on how he grew up and how he was raised and i i really wonder like if he went even another level of like you know because obviously there are people in his life that he really loves and that he doesn't want to speak ill against or anything like that so I, I wonder if you even peel back another layer of like how he feels about it all today. Does that make sense? You mean but, uh, as when he first wrote it to today, or do you mean like no? Was like, he just not as I'm upfront more, as he could have been? I think he was telling story. Oh, it felt to me that he was telling stories about his childhood, just basically as they happened, with a little bit of spice thrown in right i'm sure but as they happened without reflecting and being like and this is how it affects me now there's none of that oh it's right just straight up this this was my life up until a certain point i felt like yeah he definitely kept the book honest i actually really appreciated how he didn't go into like whenever he like hit like international fame like it's just so yes. I, I mean, it's just all about like what you really like mm-hmm. are looking for, like the meat of the book. But yeah, you're right. I feel like he definitely, like when he talks about his mom, yep. he doesn't hold back, but there's definitely like you could just this vibe of like he cares so much for her mm-hmm. and like respects her so much. Like, though he will tell you she's literally chasing him around, calling <laughs> him a thief and like right. waving the belt left and right. You know what I mean? Like, but he yes. has such like a devotion towards her. Another yeah. reason why I love this book, this man. Oh, totally. Uh, and he dedicates the book to her. Um, I would give this book five stars as well. I really, really enjoyed it. I think most people would really enjoy this book. This is another one that I rarely stop and tell my husband the plot of books, but this one I was like, you got to hear this story because it's oh, really I- wild. I did the biggest, longest recap to my spouse because I was like, (laughs) exactly, you won't believe this. The storyboard, whoever helped him lay this book out, flawless. Yeah. Flawless. Um, And I talked about the Dutch house that we had read recently. Um, Another podcast episode should be out about it soon. Um, About like how, to me, it wasn't like... It didn't just catch me whenever they would try to like leave you like a little cliffhanger or his cliffhangers. I could not wait to find out like what was going to happen. Like it really did keep me enthralled. So whoever helped this man edit this book, I'm like, look at here. You deserve all the coin in the world. Well, and this sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I don't mean it that way. I said that he wasn't a great writer, but an effective one, but it was I think he really did write this book. Like you can tell that there wasn't a ghostwriter here. He's actually telling these stories and sitting out and banging them out himself, which I really appreciated. When something is too 
too smooth, yeah, too, too glossy. Yes, too glossy. It's just not. It's not as. Yeah, it's not as touching. I mean, you can have a memoir. It's not as effective. I'm pretty sure you said earlier it wasn't very effective. And it's the exact same thing. Where it's like, yeah. yeah, You can tell it's real. It's also... I don't... The book doesn't take itself too seriously. That's kind of like one of the great parts of, like, autobiography. uh, Is that it's just like, yeah. yeah, He can sit there and, like, make fun of himself. And then just keep going. Because, like, who didn't have a you know, absolutely terrible, like, haircut as, like, a teenager, right? (laughs) Right. Like, you just got to be able to, like, laugh at yourself and keep it moving. Yeah, and it's not chronological. He hopped, it's kind of written in themes, so he picks, like, a certain theme that he wants to talk about for each chapter. He has a foreword in the chapter that might give you a little contextual information about what was going on in the country at the time or what had historically been going on in the country very short very easily digestible and then he goes in and and tells his different stories i've never seen a book with like more um more forwards that i was willing to read i cannot tell you how often (laughs) they will start with like a poem or just something that i don't care about where his were actually really interesting like tidbits like it explained like oh like how um in South Africa, basically, like, how the white men, like, came and took over. Because it's like, oh, like, there's, what, it was, like, maybe 80%, um, like, actual Africans versus, like, European descendants. So, it's like, how did this, like, small portion, and, you know, like like you said, yeah. puts it in nice little digestible thing. So, it was interesting. Yes. And should you read it or should you listen to it? Um, not, unfortunately, because the book is not too long and it's very easy to read. So, we both read the book because you cannot get this i believe i mean i could be wrong but i'm 99 percent sure that they have made this book an audible exclusive (sighs) for a while it was on my libby app as um as a audiobook and i think it would be an incredible audiobook because obviously we have heard africa (laughs) we've heard him speak and also there's a lot of tribal like he speaks a ton of languages. His mother is like from um, the the Zosa tribe. I'm not even gonna do the click. I can't. I was practicing. <laughs> <laughs> That's like they speak the language with the clicking in it. So it's like it's um like Osa. <laughs> you do like a cheek tongue click before the vowel when it has the X. Whenever I hear literally any other language other than English, I'm like, I'm so amazed people can speak this. How can you speak this? I watched a I watched a YouTube video on how to do it, and she was like, ah, a, e, i. <laughs> like, wow, that's insane. Go ahead, family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I yeah, for me, reading it totally fine. I blaze. I mean, I really. Like one night I was rocking my daughter and I rocked her for like an extra hour because I was like, I don't want to put this book down. I just want to sit here right here and read this book. <sighs> Sorry. It took me a little longer because I just had a lot of irons in the fire. And But it's not, it's also a book that you can pick it up, read a chapter and then go along with your day. Like you're not. But you're not going to want to do that. It's you're too not interesting. To. No, but I'm just saying, like, you don't need to really remember 
thing. You know what I mean? Like if you wait yeah, too but long. Most of the book doesn't feed too much. Like yeah. too, too directly into each other. There's yes. a couple times it does, but not too often. Exactly. I mean, yes, I thought it was a page turner. I really liked it. And it's very exciting from the get because I believe in the very first chapter, his mama like throws him out of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to spoilers. Let's just start talking. I'm just ready to talk this book. Let's do it. Okay. To save your child's life, could you throw him out of a bus? Whew. I mean, I would certainly hope so. If I truly thought that... I, You know what? Honestly, it takes a lot of bravery to do that on multiple levels. Because I feel like I would sit there... And we talked about this with the, gas, with the dance of anger. Where you like kind of start gaslighting yourself. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> no, you're not 100%. <laughs> Like, you're fine. Don't be dramatic. X, Y, Z. Um, but and then we, before you know it, you're dead. Because you didn't <laughs> listen to your intuition. <laughs> Seriously. That said, uh, he's living in a totally different circumstance than we are. Do we want to talk about his mother, Patricia? Because she is a central character in this book. Kind of like his muse for this whole book. Yes, I, I'm. Where do you, I just have to say that his his whole story is so extraordinary. Like he talks about so many amazing things, and be, way before he even says it in the book, I just was like struck by this fact that this man is living the like an amazing life now because he had such an unusual mother who persevered and like who saw the world so differently from so many other people around her yeah i just was like this man was true like truly blessed like people kind of you know what i mean like it, you know mm-hmm. use that for some time, but honestly i was like this man you couldn't have asked for a better mother in this situation i the the term stranger than fiction comes to mind when i read this book because like his mother i mean sure it is almost like a character when you read about her because Mm -hmm. there's just the highlights of course but she was a or she is an extraordinary person of this weird blend of like hyper spirituality very dedicated to god and her faith extremely like personally liberal I would almost say and I don't mean that like politically I mean super free spirited this gal burns the system and doesn't think twice no she no one will be telling her what to do which is insane and she's just like no I don't like I listen to God that's it basically um I mean goes anywhere that she's not supposed to go has the fact that she had Trevor in the first place is wild. I just am like, is are you? It, could you be mentally ill? Are you? It's, like <laughs> she was so headstrong, but she didn't really come off as reckless to me. Like, I mean, maybe with the exception of actually choosing to have Trevor, like right. almost all of her choices, like I could see where she was, like. Mm-hmm. She didn't come off as like a, you know, quote, crazy or anything. Like she, I was like, okay, like I see why you did that. I, well, she yeah. took such good care of him. 
she wanted him yeah. so badly like that's very clear to me i mean she definitely had some damage from or has some personal damage just from a very hard life and one that was not very kind to her when she was young but yeah she definitely could step up and take responsibility for the choices that she did make i'll put it that way and so determined one of the quotes that i had like highlighted was that the that whenever she was choosing a spouse um like trevor Wright said like for my mother's part the fact that this man referring to his father didn't particularly want a family with her was prevented by law from having a family with her was part of the attraction. Like mm-hmm. Just her way of thinking where it was just very like, I mean, kind of like you said, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's just the way that it's got to be. Cause I just was like, can, as a person that has children, I want a person that's going to equally co-parent with me. I want a person that I love and like that, that will love my children. And she just was not looking for those things because, you know, she just wanted this child and just wanted like a, you know, I guess a reasonably intellectual person, but somebody that wasn't going to want to claim the son as his own. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. He doesn't even really know why it was, his dad that she picked he even says like he's not quite sure if they were ever in love or if they just had like a mutual respect for one another and like an attraction or what i mean his father was fairly progressive his father was a swiss guy that they were neighbors with at the time that his mom met him um and then after he's born he did end up having like a good relationship with with trevor but she it also struck me that he is like her carbon copy twin who is i the mom the mama looks exactly like him they have the same face trevor and his mama yes i can't remember i can't remember if i've seen a picture of her there's a little one in the book but they look so much alike maybe not now that she's a lot older, but there's like this picture of um, her really young kind of holding him from the back as like a two-year-old and it, it's him. Who I thought you were talking about like, but the mama and the daddy looked like, I'm like, no, really? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. He's the carbon copy of her. Um, but yeah, Physically, was... I do you feel like they met or they're very similar um, in other ways because they seem so. I so think different. that he must be extremely determined. I think very few people can get as far as he has gotten without one, maybe a healthy dose of luck, but two, just some real. I don't know. It. it it occurs to me that he probably never even considered that he could fail at something and it would like ruin everything. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's just because of how his mom raised him or because of how he was raised in South Africa. Like he had nothing to lose. Do you know what I mean? Right. Just had this like determination yeah, like, like sense, of, sense of I got to keep going on no matter what kind of thing. Well, yeah, a lot of people would be like, well, I can't be a comedian and I, I can't be an entertainer. I can't do this because I need to go to school and get a normal job and only like 
crazy people do that that other thing. Hey, the this but, is what I mean. Where like he, yeah, he he does embody his mom a lot like that. Yeah. Where it's like he he probably sees things like like things are limitless whenever mm-hmm. one of like the first stories or like not even a story just like a real quick like thing he kind of casually mentions is how like his mom like you said extremely religious extremely religious how on sundays they're attending three separate churches I and busing between each one I, I can't understand i would say both of us consider ourselves very religious people right yes. like very devout in our faith Am I going to go to three separate churches? <laughs> I mean, was literally about to throw up my own party and parade when they announced two-hour church. <laughs> was just, I was, <laughs> I, exactly the same thought that just came to my mind. And two, whenever he talks about, like, I believe that's what he had, um, the problem that day was, what do they call it? The autobuses. Is that what it was called? Minibus. Yeah, the minibus. So, like, he talks this whole thing of, like, uh, black people can't ride the transit system. They have like their own kind of like knockoff transit system, but it's run by like the local gangs and like, you know, so it's like the mom is not just driving in her car every single week. It's like sometimes they're going on these like harrowing journeys uh-huh. where she ends up pushing her child out. <laughs> she pushes one child out the bus and she holds her baby and like leaps from the bus herself. It's like oh, crazy. <laughs> And then the next week, I'm sure she just like woke up and kept going, just undeterred. Yeah, I um, I I also get the idea that she's the kind of person that's just like, if I wanted you to know, I would tell you. And his dad is kind of the same way, which is maybe oh. just a cultural thing. Very interesting. But like, I not saying that about his father specifically. Seriously, I'm like, okay, dad. Anyway, um like the way that she like she would go to white church she would go to colored church right and then she would go to black church i don't know if it's called colored but it was like a it was a mixture it was like both right yes like the mixed church so she's going for the what was it the jubilance was one the religious like the deep spiritual mm -hmm. doctrine and there was something else but like each church that gave her a new thing right and i'm just (laughs) i'm like did no one kick you out of white church but she, she he was saying like you know she just walk in and sit down with all the white people and just go to church and i'm she like just what? took it as like this is my like this is my what i'm what i'm owed like, right. god would let me be here I, I guess she got away with it once i mean i think it's amazing but it's also like wow that is just she's some kind of woman that's for sure and we'll get to what happens to her later because we are already like you know well into this podcast and there's so so much to discuss um one thing that was just glaringly clear to me as soon as I started this book is that I have absolutely almost zero knowledge about Africa in general let alone South Africa and the apartheid like felt like a real big dummy I you know I felt like I had a a small grasp as I was reading, I felt like, no, that's an absolute lie. I know nothing. I'm <laughs> an idiot. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I know Nelson Mandela. I know apartheid. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, like, the intricacies and, yeah, the level of, um, like, <laughs> like, like, them literally, like, just being crushed underfoot constantly. Yes, exactly. And 
I'm like, oh, well, you know, I I read Nelson Mandela's letter from his prison. I'm just, no, no. It tells you nothing. So I think one of the things that stuck out to me the most that I've been like, I told Jared, I'm like, did you realize? So Trevor Noah is defined as colored in South Africa because he's of mixed race. Then there's black and then there's white. But what absolutely blew my mind was the idea that if you are colored, or I guess if you're any race, really, that you can be kind of redefined as a different race based on, I guess, how the person in the office is feeling that day that you're born or uh, feeling that day when you come in to get your ID or if you break the law or something like that. Like, there's all of these kind of... I can quickly, yeah, like, reassign you. Yeah. Whatever whatever fits their narrative. Right. Like how he talks about there's so much um, racial diversity that, you know, two colored people might have a baby and it might have really dark skin. And then the baby would be qualified as black instead of colored. And then the mama would have to decide to be qualified as black as well. Then they'd have to move out of the colored neighborhood move to a black ghetto and then the daddy would have to decide if he wanted to divorce her or stay in the colored neighborhood and just support them financially i'm just like this like the absolute fear mongering that was going on the complete like nonsense rules is just it was wild he one of his forewords was extremely eye-opening to me where he talks about like how apartheid is really like, it was so unique, and it was, like, pretty superior to everywhere else as far as, like, the way that they were able to, like, keep, um, like I said, the far, like, clearly far more um, populous. Yes, populous, like, race down. It's because they had studied from yeah. everywhere, like, all these different countries that had, like, used it and, like, put all the methods together. One of the big things that I could not get over was how in a country so populated with black people the way that they were not like they had to all move to these like little well not yeah. little actually rather huge ghettos and yep. couldn't have restaurants couldn't have um like any uh legal ways of like having like commerce going back and forth so instead of course like i mean they're gonna have it so it's like on the side of the street, somebody's selling a smiley. On the side of the street, somebody's like selling off an, uh, a DVD player or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just, I really couldn't hardly believe that it was, that it was even possible that that was actually like able to be the, the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, so- because I definitely wasn't thinking that there were, you know, thousands hundreds of thousands of people that were basically living in like little more than concrete huts with a one toilet per thousand homes you know one of the things i had to tell graham about i cannot get over he talks about like basically at first every like you can always get land but it's like there's not really anything thing on there maybe like a tiny shanty and he talks about like how the families would save for years and years for a concrete wall Years and years, the second, you know, and eventually mm-hmm. they've got their four concrete walls and then they put their roof on. And so it might be 20 years, but they've got their one bedroom house. And then it talks about like, okay, well, then one of the daughters gets married and mm-hmm. then they start saving for their family to have a connecting wall. And then, the th- you know, connect- and I just was like, how? 
oh, it just it's shocking. It's I mean it's so deplorable. It's hard to even wrap your mind around. I know, and it, yeah, and this is how he grew up. Basically, like he spent a lot of time in the city with his mom, but he also spent plenty of time out in the is it called was it called Suetone or something like that? Yeah, it starts with an S. I can't remember. I, and it's funny you say that you felt that he was raised that way because I actually always felt like while he was there, mm. he was never quite that bad off yeah certainly not his mom defied all the odds and would move them to areas that she wasn't even like legally supposed to be in because she just either didn't give a dang or would just stay there as long as like she possibly could under disguise or whatever that's true wearing her maid uniforms so i always felt like she really put him in a far superior situation versus like his cousins who yeah. that was all that they you know ever knew was like they always lived there with the grandparents that's true he just spent he would spend like weeks with the grandparents in their kind of right. more rural more i don't know less refined areas almost took it as like me seeing my grandma so frequently as a child growing up where it's like I didn't live with her, but like I spent like you know plenty of time with her to be able to do those things. But at the end of the day, wasn't really where my home was. Yeah, totally. Okay, what should we talk about next? Maybe his father. Yeah, let's do it. Well, Daddy played such a weird role in his life to me. Mm-hmm. He like he really talks about like at first like his mom really wanted to have this baby and approaches this man, and I actually really one of the things I loved best about his mom. Is he talks about like how the man's like, or you know, she asks like, "Hey, I want to have your baby," and he's like, "Um, absolutely not. Are you crazy? This is <laughs> not legally allowed. We're not doing it." And then the mom, I loved how she really stood up to him, um, and was like, "Hey, I could just sleep with you, get pregnant with your child, and then leave, but I want to give you the honor of like, <laughs> you know, having a, like a communication about this first, and like uh-huh. allowing you to accept it." And then I think it still said it took him like two or three years to decide to do it. But I just was like, wow, like this woman does not shy away from a hard conversation. Seriously. Same is Robert. And so what killed me is that he definitely like gave his dad the big old benefit of the doubt here. You can tell that they reconnected. They have like a, they're a decent relationship now and he doesn't hold like a grudge against him. Or at the very least, he respects him enough not to drag him in this book. But they had, like, a good relationship whenever he was a kid. But they just didn't talk very much. And his dad seems like kind of an odd dude that was just not super close to anyone. I don't think he ever got married or even he doesn't mention him having any other kids. I don't even know if I would go as far as to classify it as a good relationship. Right. Because, like, it was so inconsistent. Yeah. And one of the stories that really got me is, like, you know, like, he talks about how how they would, like, try to go out as a family to do things. They had to be inconspicuous. You know, there's a a white Mm -hmm. man. There's a black woman. There's a biracial child. They couldn't be, like, too we're clearly together in the situation because it's, it's illegal and people would willingly turn him in and get some money or whatever. And so that one story where he's a little kid and like his, he's running after his daddy or like calls him daddy and the like 
the husband like sprints and like <laughs> runs away from the zoo and like he doesn't see him the rest of the afternoon. Right. I don't know. I was it, like, couldn't be it, my father. It was so <laughs> odd to me that a woman, I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to shame her. It's just a fact of the matter is the same woman who goes to church three times a day, goes to Bible study once a week, goes to Sunday school on Thursdays, also has a child out of wedlock with a, like, non-religious white Swiss man. I did actually think that was a very interesting point, but I, I don't know. And then I guess culturally <laughs> that this is okay, but later she remarries and then divorces his stepdad but then they still live together i don't know I, you know what she honestly was like look i i, I pay my dues i attend three <laughs> churches a week i am welcome to have one flaw right i don't know that she saw it as a flaw she said straight up it it really did make me sad whenever he was talking about how she grew up and basically like not wanted sent away because she was like the way you know, the daddy said he was gonna pick her or so her parents were separated yeah. and whenever her dad said he was gonna pick her up and she was I just was thinking about you know like we, we probably both had friends growing up their parents were separated they'd want to live with a different parent at different times and so yeah. she got in, the, in her mind she wanted to live with her dad then whenever he picked her up and immediately like dropped her off at her aunt's house for the next like 10 years yeah i or sh- i think she's oh, one of like 14 14 yep and it killed me how he she told him that she wanted to have him because she wanted someone to love unconditionally and that would love her unconditionally and it really i was like wow I mean, it's so, like, sweet and also so sad. The woman certainly had a, and this is what was crazy to me, she had so much trauma and terrible things in her life, and she really did not take it out on her son or her family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how people will go through terrible stuff, and then it just, like, the generational trauma. Like You say that, but the amount of beatings this poor child received, I think she did take quite (laughs) a bit out on him. And You're she right. Actually, he justifies it. Right. He, he, he's very much like, I was a naughty child. So he, mm-hmm. I think Claudette, you're right, because he can forgive it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty positive she says at some point that, like, you were you were bored for that ass because you needed to be whipped <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, horrible. Listen, you know what? You say all this. Hold on. I got to find it. I highlighted a quote that actually really touched me. Hold on. Um, so, into like in my family culture, right? Born, raised in the South, people get spankings, whoopings. So, I uh-huh. for me, it was just kind of like, okay, it's just the way, the way that it is in certain families. But I have a feeling that the way he was spanked was m- much more intense than the over way, the top. yes, that we were spanked. This that might, said, his might be classified as beatings. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. Does he ever say that? I, I, don't I know. think he does. I mean, he's he doesn't really pull any punches. I mean, he says over and over again that he was it, sw- or got hidings very frequently. And I think that she didn't use her hand like she used objects. And she, he talks about being spanked um, at school and that he was like, wait, 
that's what you meant <laughs> like it was like nothing that and, okay you're wrong that's very valid um but then later he talks about the fact that he has two younger half brothers and they're quite a bit younger than him like I mean, like nine and then like 18 years younger than him or something. And how she never, I mean, at first she spanked the middle child a little bit and it just kind of went away. And she admitted that like he, after raising him, that she kind of had some regrets about that and kind of moved past that part of parenthood, which not that I'm beating my children, but I can definitely relate to. I I just told you today that right. like I I wish that I could have parented my older child the way that I am able to parent my younger children because you just learn. And I you think just yeah, I feel like that's out. about everybody where it's like, oh, I really did not make the best parent choices here. <laughs> where yeah, like whenever you have time to reflect, <laughs> this was the quote that I was going to share. Like this was, I'm pretty sure this was after. Um, he was arrested uh, and like basically almost went to prison <laughs> because he had like, he had used his stepfather's car and anyways, and basically there was no way to track it back to the stepfather's face. Like, Oh, it could be a hijack and they could have, he could have killed somebody before he got it. Well, but there he, was a way, but he wouldn't tell his parents. All he had to do was call them and he wouldn't do it. Cause he was, he was so too scared of, the of getting beat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But he, she talks. Maybe this wasn't the time, but it was somewhere around there. Like she talks, or oh gosh, right? I have Oh, she talked about how this is well, direct quote. She says, "When I beat you, I'm trying to save you. When they beat you, they're trying to kill you." Yeah. And there was something about me whenever I read that that it was almost like an egg like cracking because I was. It's not that like yes, she was extreme in her spankings as we have discussed (laughs) but I think yeah from from the knowledge that she had I think she really did think like I'm going to do this so that nobody else does this to my child so that my you know like my child will know that he is loved and like that he like has somebody in his corner like maybe everybody else's child won't but like I'm doing what I can do to protect my child to the best of my ability well It's just interesting because plenty of people are abused by their parents and grow up and can't stand their parent and doesn't want anything to do with them. And he is the exact opposite where Mm -hmm. I don't know that you would say that he was abused. He was, I don't even know that he would ever say that he was abused. You know what I mean? Even though he was culturally it would be very interesting to know how if right. other people grew up similarly to him because of like Seriously. the extreme duress and things that the parents were going through so it's like again I'm not trying to be justified or justify yeah. this but it's like i mean at the end of the day with these people really thinking like we're we're going to be sure that like we do this to our children so that like a, a yeah. you know another authority figure won't come in and like end their life i mean who knows yeah. Totally. And there's also the like flipping point that his grandmother would never raise a hand to him because they viewed yeah. him like as white and like all of his other cousins would always take the heat for everything. And he could, and he even says like, he felt so like acted so spoiled because of it. And that it's almost like his mom doubled down extra hard because <laughs> you know everybody else gave him slack because he was lighter skinned so his mama's like right like you you will that's uh, right <laughs> you will learn 
from me if nobody else. I okay. Talking minor characters real quick. What did you think about uh, his grandma? You know, seemed like a great, sweet person. His great grandma. We, <gasps> the two of us, have had many a discussion over SpongeBob um, and the Chocolate Woman, like the family. So there's like a, a grandmother. <laughs> And then there's like she's pushing her shriveled mother it's in. The worm. The shriveled yes. worm. And this that was the exact thing that I thought of. And as it's talking about the story, what did he do? He, he pooped on the floor on a little piece of <laughs> <laughs> He was like, was he scared to go to the outhouse? There was some like reason why this child did this. And then there was a thing- yeah, there was a communal toilet. I'm thinking like slumdog millionaire style communal squat toilet and that was full of flies and he was hated the flies was terrified they were gonna fly up his butt and so one day (laughs) when everybody's gone he lays out a piece of newspaper and poops on the newspaper and then puts it in the trash can and his old blind feeble grandmother is like what is that smell what do i hear like and starts calling out people's names. And, of course, he's, like, sitting there dead silent. And, like, the grandma sounded, seemed, like, a little scared. Like, imagine yes. you don't know. Like, you can't see yep. this poor lady. Eventually, just, they think it's, like, an evil spirit. And they get the whole neighborhood out there, like, trying to cleanse the demon away. Oh, gosh. Hold on. I'm, I just laughed really hard. Hold on. I love my ribcage, this child. Whew. Yeah, like there, he had so many st- stupid stories like that that had me where I just could like I was in stitches. I'm like I can't I can't handle this. It was really funny and really <laughs> insane. Oh my gosh, my favorite <laughs> parts of the book though were actually not when he was really little. And it was whenever he was a teenager, and then like started his hustle kind of thing. <laughs> like, and by hustle. It's very funny that he he describes himself as, like, not good with girls in high school, never had a girlfriend. The brief encounters with romance he did have were all extremely ill-fated. At one point, he goes to take a girl to prom, realizes the last second that she doesn't speak any of the languages that he speaks, and he's been, like didn't notice it for weeks because he he was so entranced by her beauty right and never actually (laughs) spoke to her um but i like once he moved out and i actually did also like as dark as it was it was very interesting the relationship with his um his his stepfather like the fact that that man is still out there just living his life he yeah and so that was one of like the good parts that i meant about the book as far as like you you knew there's like this ominous feeling he would i think occasionally drop things like that like well you know we've talked about like his mom beating him and stuff but Mm -hmm. like he always loved his mom i always respect his mom where like he would talk about like his mom being like abused by this man and then like maybe he would drop in like that he was somehow physically hurt by him just kind of kept it where you're like you have this eerie feeling like he's gonna be a villain very early on, he says something like, um, to the effect of telling a story about Abel, and it's like, and it's also who would put a bullet in my mother's head. And I was like, what? Was Listen, like, how dare 
How dare he? I, when I tell that to me, it was a moth to a flame. I literally yeah. was like, yes, tell me more. And Seriously. I was so scared from that point on for his mother that I just grew to like love where I'm like, I need to know what happens. I know. When she doesn't die, spo- the, we are sharing spoilers here. Major spoiler, but very, very important. Oh, if you hold on. The craziest oh, yeah. story to me by Please far tell me about it's Hitler. his youth. No, about whenever he was a child. Hitler is hilarious. Well, <laughs> that sounds weird in this context. We'll, have, we'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> he burnt down someone's house. Oh, my. It, it was, it seems so inconsequential in context as, as the man's talking. Uh-huh. Where I was thinking, I, like, for instance, I remember I have a, it was strong memory of like getting in a lot of trouble as a child because I fell asleep in the bathtub, right? Yeah. Not, not like a huge, huge thing. <laughs> if I had burnt someone's house down, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, where I just was like, wow, he really kind of, it was just like a little like, here you go. Like I, I burnt someone's house down and they had to move out. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, huh? Well, I was, <laughs> that's when I was like, he doesn't do a lot of follow up like after and he might just not remember the details or know the details. Like, did they not sue him? Like, did Listen. they not come after his mother? I don't understand. A time or two, I did think, like, is this man trying to write a second book? Is, is he saving some content for the next book or what? I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, I, as someone who, all I'll say is sometimes when you go through traumatic experiences, your memory gets very murky. So I believe that these things happen, but I also understand if you, if he had a hard time with all the little details, you know, like unless you're keeping a very diligent diary or something, you just, it, especially from the mind of a child, it ended there. His mother probably dealt with whatever the heck else was going on. I actually was constantly like, how did his mama do this? She had, it seemed like she would make such a small salary, what she was doing. His mama didn't have like a super career, but yet she would always find houses in nice neighborhoods. She bought a house. She bought multiple houses. I'm pretty sure throughout his lifetime. And I kept being like, wow, like these other people are living in these insane slums, building one wall at a time. I mean, that's what I mean. Like he, he lived a very, separate life from mm-hmm. I feel many around him he had what little privilege she could give him it it was blowing my mind thinking of him so like his whole hustle here was like making mix CDs and then it like kind of flowed into this DJing gig and the thought of him having like a full kind of computer set up with the internet with a CD burner, which he said was very rare to have, right? Well, and he was gifted, he is. And what you're saying is, and like you said, he's not that much older than me. And I know that when I was in high school, like I was on LimeWire, like it was my job. Like right. I was <laughs> illegally pirating music like crazy, as was I think everybody at that time. So, like, I know it can be done. But then when you think about like, you know, just a few miles away, people are basically living in huts. It's like, I, I need to see this for myself. I want more pictures in this book I, of like what I mean, this looks like. 
what really got me is like I love this idea. It's like he never I don't think he ever actually lived quite in the slums. Like even during this time in his life, he was still living in like the slightly nicer neighborhoods and he would Remember? just catch the he does eventually turn to into a cheese boy. Oh, uh, see, you have to remind me. I just remember him talking about like every single day he's physically carrying his computer and all the crap that he needs, like all these little mini buses. And I just kept being like, "Did nobody want to rob this man?" Because like he talks, he talks like the Robin is so like it's not not uncommon in the least. And like, and it, it, he talks about it. It's like, it's just like a way of life here. It's like, people have to make money and it's just like a hustle's a hustle. And I just kept being like, nobody robbed you for years. Nobody robbed you. And just like literally said like, Hey, give me that computer. I don't know. I was actually quite I, stunned really, by that. That is a very valid point. I want, again, maybe there's a mugging story coming down the pipeline. We touched on the fact that he was arrested himself but that's like the jail that he was in was like honestly not as bad as I was expecting. Although I guess he was in jail, not prison. Oh, for sure. And I loved how he he shares that story of like this. I basically was thinking of the, the man with the body of um the green mile. You're talking yes. about what yes, John exactly. Coffee. So it's like this. <laughs> super super dark huge hulking man like he, he described it as like you know, it's like the biggest man he's ever seen kind of thing uh-huh. and then like you know nobody basically like the whole problem was this man had like done a very basic crime mm-hmm. and spoke like one of the few language like it was a native language but it was like very uncommon so like he happened to speak it and you know like communicated for him and and i loved how he talked about like yeah like nelson mandela said something along the lines of like yeah if you like when you speak a man's language, like you're really touching like his heart kind of thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. I loved how he had all these like ridiculous stories tossed in with like a couple of like really great pieces of like knowledge and advice and like personal, um, I don't know, personal anecdotes. Where I was just like, yes, this, There's so a it was a mixture of sweet. Yes. A lot of heart in this book. The last thing we should talk about was like the literal miracle of his mother surviving, not only being married to Abel, but literally shot in the head by her, by him. Okay, this is I, the final chapter of the book. I knew that woman was dead. I, as if I cannot tell you the level of anticipation I felt by the by the final chapter. I think he'd mentioned like three times his mom was shot. And you really, like, I felt like I grew to love his mama. So it was yeah. just so, like, I just felt the same as you, where I was like, she's dead. She must yeah. be dead. You don't get shot in the head and survive. Yeah. Or I don't know. If any, I mean, you people do, but, you know, I don't know of anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Abel, I'm trying to think. Abel really didn't do too badly towards him, as, like, much as he could have. I actually was quite shocked that he kind of seemed to restrain himself a bit. I- I think it was classic where he he did try and beat him up one time. And then after that, he just said... It's like a 12-year-old. Yeah, he just stayed far, far away from him. And he just never really... If it, he said, like, if he was in the room, he was leaving the room. If he was he in the... Sure he took away the opportunity before yeah. it presented itself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he talks about Abel... His mom and Abel also, what did you think about the fact that his mom basically invested like everything in the, uh, in his business? I mean, I think 
again, if she had wanted to know what if his mom wanted him to know, then he would know of why she was kind of with him in the first place. Right. But I really do think that for whatever reason, she really loved this man and she's such a go getter. And again, had that like limitless idea of life. And I, I believe that if he had let her totally take over that they probably could have built something amazing, but it's just, it was more crazy to me that he, she was even attracted to this person in the beginning because not I mean he didn't he didn't immediately beat her but when they first got married he was like doing nothing but smoking pot all day and like barely fixing cars what got me is when they visited his family as newlyweds yes I what what tribe was he from I'm almost thinking it was Tootsie was it Tootsie I think so (laughs) but I don't know I think it was it was was, if not uh, it was a different one from like the two main tribes and he talks about like how it's just like a very traditional patriarchal society where it's like the man works the man gets home and he's not doing one dang thing the wife is serving him she's grabbing all his stuff and i just could not believe that that and so like whenever his when the mom goes and visits basically they're kind of like breaking her over the coals because she's not really she's not this kind of woman right like she's like okay like i'm not doing this this is stupid and so I was surprised that he was attracted to her and that she was attracted to him. Like, even Serious. if he embodied that a little bit, I just yeah. was like, mm, it's just so counter to now, what the two of them believe. I agree. Like, like how long did she know this guy before they started living together? I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was at this point she had two kids and it was just... No, she only had one well what i mean is like why she wouldn't leave him but i guess you're uh, right it yeah. would have been a little bit further in the marriage yes 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 right. no you're right and then i mean she did she tried to report him like that was all just horrific how he would beat her and then she would try and report it he'd kind of like go silent for a few years so that was sad and horrible i hated reading about them living in that um the garage like that made me the saddest i think besides when his mother got shot of all things him sleeping in like the random cars of like whoever's the stepdad's taking care of yeah really really stuff like that it is it is i mean it's just shocking that one person has this many like a excuse me that a person has a variety of stories that's Mm -hmm. like i mean it's just crazy to me to think that that's possible where it's like goes to very phenomenal schools like mm-hmm. that you know lives in neighborhoods shouldn't be but you know <laughs> visits with grandparents with like very very different circumstances like he just had a huge variety of of life stories that just very made it and reading. then eventually after she finally leaves him they he Abel comes to her house and tries to kill her and like with her new man Yes, and shoots her or tries to shoot her at point blank range. That really got me when she said like she was just praying and like bullets the the gun misfired four times. He had already shot her once and he tried to shoot her at point blank range and it just kept misfiring and then she was able to get in the car. Her younger son jumps in the car and then he sh- shot through the back window and it went all the way from the base of her skull 
through her head out her nostril i could not believe that and it didn't hit anything like major and i there was part of that too is like the man uh like the son the uh what's name andrew i think the second son tried to like stand up for and the dad was like i'm just fixing to kill you like get out the way your face gets shot yeah i was like sir you're in such a i mean obviously he's trying to kill anybody but i'm like you what's going on here right the depravity quite wild um i'm trying to think i whenever trevor found out about her getting shot like he wasn't really aware i don't think of like you know i don't know if anybody knew of her situation at the time as far as like whether or not she'd really lived i want to know what did you think about the credit card situation i mean i felt like again he was extremely honest and i actually appreciated it like I think that this would have been a good story to have listened to so that you could hear the inflection in his voice. But he basically says like, he didn't think she had, she didn't have health insurance and they were like, well, we want to move her to a different hospital. And like a state hospital, like a yes. re- apparently crappy, like, right. And it's like, uh, you're not about to put my mom on an- another gurney to die. And, you know, some, or, horrible back room or whatever and i i think it's i think it was just very honest when he's like i I hesitated for a second and i'm like is he gonna do it i i I like how he laid out too his thought process where he's like my mom's gonna want me to take care of my siblings yeah if if she dies and i've incurred all this debt how am i you know like how am i gonna do this it was very like honest like yeah and what would the situation be Right, it wasn't clear, like, I think he had had a little bit of success, but he certainly was not um, wealthy enough or anything, yeah, to be able to do this, so it's pretty incredible. I was more, I I was left very interested, like, what happened with his mom to me was, like, so clearly, like, miraculous, and I, I finished the book not totally understanding how he actually felt about about it and maybe he he feels conflicted about it too i don't know trevor the whole time almost like he really pokes a lot of fun at his mama right for like being so religious where it's like he recognizes that she's so over the top that it's like like you're you're crazy with your level of devotion yeah i mean and like the two of us even poked fun as far as like would we go to three-hour church ha 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 you know right so when he got this this whole chapter it was just it was so it was so full of just uh, charged emotions like in so many different ways where like he's he's so fearful that he's going to lose her and then he's he's concerned like can he afford these bills but then like you know like the love of his mom like overrides it and you know this whole back and forth when his when he found out I believe it was the daughter said, like, you know, like, I don't really like to say, like, miracle, but this is actually a miracle. Like, it's, yeah, it, you know, it was just such a uniquely special case where it's like this person really easily could have died, but they, for whatever reason, didn't. And as the mom recapped the story for him, I was so overcome with the emotion of just, like, <laughs> what is his name? Tevye or Tevye from, uh. Oh, whatever the thoughts called, like miracle of miracles. Fiddler on a root, on the root. Yes, yes. Yeah. Where he's saying, like you know, like like the miracle of all miracles, and I'm like, this is what it had to feel like for this family. It's yeah. like this, like woman who was like so strong and like so capable, 
like endured. When he said the woman was at work a week later, I just was was like, (laughs) I cannot believe that. I'm like, of course she was. She's like, why wouldn't I go to work? My stitches are healed. It's crazy. Yeah, y'all have just got to read this book. It was very funny, very enlightening, made me just be like, wow, America, you have got some problems, but I will choose you every time. Uh, <laughs> oh, like we got some, certainly have some issues, but good gracious. Yeah, that little line, at the was it maybe like the last line where he was talking about like, oh, like you didn't have health insurance. And she's like, yes. She's like, yes, I did. And he's like, you did? And she's like, I didn't. But he blessed me with the son who did. I Yes. <laughs> the level of crying. I was like, I'm not capable. There's so much love and like funniness and like sorrow in this book. And he does an amazing job of writing it all up. Yeah. And I love him for writing this book. I know. And there, you know, there's a lot of language. I guess we should start doing content warnings at the yeah. beginning of these <laughs> uh, episodes. So maybe I'll put this somewhere at the top. But content warning, there's quite a bit of language in this book, if that's something that you don't like. But there's a YA version of this book. And I wonder, I wonder how it compares. I would think the book itself would be fine about the language, right? Like, I, I would yeah. more so. There's tons and tons of like racism and like you know, like well, if that's, yeah. well, that's right, if that's going to be something that's negatively affecting you, then certainly steer clear. Right. I'm just wondering how they actually edit it for for YA. I want to know what the big differences are in the book. Like, is it just that they edited out the language, or if it's shorter? Yeah, or... I'm trying to think. There's no sex. No. Um... Right. Well, is the is let me think the violence. The violence is mainly to, like when his mom is, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, if this is at the top, this might give away stuff. But yeah, so I I would be interested to know how how clean, how youthful they've created it to be. So we'll be back next time with the Dutch House by Ann Patchett, um, and then we may go on hiatus for a few weeks. But eventually we will drop <laughs> uh, Six of Crows and This Tenderland. I was thinking if we don't get around to the podcast books, we should talk about like interesting books we've read. Because I have just read two different um, books that I feel like are wildly successful on um, Bookstagram mm-hmm. that I would be happy to, to give a little sum- a summary of. I would love to do that. I love a good uh, sell me on this book or else drag this book. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Have a good night. See ya. Bye. This has been one page more. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five star review. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so